up, everybody? I'm back. We're back for another week. And to keep this one fairly short, I, I've been listening and re-listening to this podcast episode with Dr. Gabor Mate. That's, I finally got his name right. Anywho. And he talks a lot, a lot about addiction and different, different things that lead up to addiction and, and dealing with the causes of addiction, not the effects of addiction. And so that, that's kind of changed a lot of, uh, mentality at least for me i definitely recommend it i'll I'll put it in the show notes at least the itunes link for uh or actually i'll probably just put a uh, tim ferris's website link it'll be easier that way because he, he usually has like a little blog entry about it and then he'll have the audio available and i, th- I think i've listened to it like four or five times already and it's you know it's almost three hours long and today i'm, I'm just gonna show it or i'm gonna show i'm just gonna like release or put a short excerpt of uh, a book, uh, I guess it's an overview of a book that Dr. Gabor has read, and it's called The Drama of the Gifted Child, and uh, it got me into actually uh, starting to listen to the audiobook, because I, have, I haven't gone anywhere to, to see if I can buy the book, I eventually want to buy it, um, and honestly, in, in listening upon it, at least the beginning, I'm barely, I'm still like on chapter one, but I look to... I look to um, put an excerpt of that on here, but it's it's really I mean for me it's really dense and and as far as audio versus uh, book reading, you know uh, I do better having the book in front of me versus just listening to the book. Now I, it's interesting because podcasting well, I'm, I'm listening, but that maybe that's also why I've had to listen to this podcast episode several times to actually like feel like I have some substance of understanding. Uh, been a lot of thinking, a lot of pondering the past few months, talked with the guys uh, pretty in depth yesterday or last night after rehearsal. And then after that, Eddie texted me and we, we texted for a little bit. It wasn't that long, but when we, we came to the conclusion of, you know what would make Walker happy? What would, what would make me happy? So, so I told him, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down, and you know, and even with his suggestion, he gave me a suggestion of uh, going on hiatus from from Jordan Peterson and and even Jocko. Even though at this point I realize it's the, to me Jocko just helps to keep <laughs> just helps keep me in line for or as far as Jocko's inspiration, I guess we can say or mentorship, it just keeps me in line for my day to day my day to day tasks to to still push through and and uh, get the things that I need or want done uh, now instead of later, not procrastinate. Um, but Dr. Jordan Peterson, yeah, it's been pretty deep. Uh, even last week's chapter, I believe I read chapter four, rule four. And uh, with that, it was like, uh, you know, we, we got to talking yesterday and and, you know, it, it, Again, it's gotten me to think very deep, and some of his podcasts, or not podcasts, some of uh, Dr. Peterson's, uh, I guess, questions that he's brought up or topics he's brought up, uh, even including Chapter Four, which I'm gonna, which I want to open up right here because I, I don't have it by memory on purpose. That's why I make tags, I make names in my, in my, uh, in my book. 
it is compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to someone else's today. So even with that, you know, that's caused a lot of deep thinking for myself, um, as, especially because I'm taking my time on these chapters. I'm, I'm trying my best not to rush through it. But anyhow, uh, that's been, that's probably been the main question, and I, I am planning on journaling it. Uh, at some point, maybe I'll bring it to the podcast and you know, I'll answer it. And I'm gonna. So that was a question that Eddie brought up, and then, so so then I thought so because the thing is, we we think, or at least my assumption will be that we think that oh, this new job with this big raise is gonna make us happy. This uh, this if I just have one more day off, it's gonna make me happy. You know, and so so we think these things are gonna make me happy. So then I thought about what, what. So then the question I'm really bringing up: What do I think would make me happy? And so that's what I'm gonna be pondering on. And hopefully, maybe you guys will ponder on it yourselves. Uh, if if you're if you find yourself in a tough spot, or maybe you don't. Maybe 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 you'll hit me up on on Instagram or Twitter, and you'll be like, "Hey, dude, get your shit together," which would be completely fine too. Cause it cause yesterday he's like he's we were talking about Jordan Peterson, you know. He, and Eddie said, you know, don't hate me for, or you might hate me for, I was like, no, like right now I'm taking in everything at the moment because, uh, everything's viable. Everything's credible to me. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to navigate for myself. You know, I, I really am, uh, to try to make for one of the best possible decision, but just because decisions affect everybody, not just yourself. And I know, I mean, I, at least that's not a realization I had immediately, but it's definitely one I've had. Uh, more recently this past at least past three months going on I mean we're we're in April now so going on a fourth month you know we're almost halfway through the year which is insane Uh, we're definitely past the first quarter and we're moving into the second quarter of the year and by the time you know it we'll be in July June July summer months August September uh, then November it'll be it'll be birthday month Dece- December another birthday month well obviously every every, every month is a birthday month but the significance of uh, some of my family some of my friends um, you know getting to that period of of the year again so what would make you happy what do you think would make you happy are the two big questions at the moment and so right now I'm gonna play a little excerpt of Dr. Gabor giving his reasoning to reading this book, The Drama of a Gifted Child, and some insight and some stuff that has helped me ponder on. Uh, as far as, And he'll bring up as far as being a performer, what does that mean? What, is, what does it mean to perform? And that one struck a big chord for me and amongst other, other parts, but that one for sure um, has stuck. And so it's made me think, and we will see you guys next week. Let's go to the drama of the gifted child. So the drama of the gifted child is by a Swiss, German, Jewish, Swiss psychotherapist named Alice Miller, who was for three decades a psychoanalyst. But she realized that the Freudian psychoanalytic method wasn't helping anybody get better because it ignored trauma. So the drama of the gifted child, the German title of which was Prisoners of Childhood, was really all about the fact that stuff happens to us as children, negative things happen, then we adapt to those things by taking on certain defensive ways of being, and then we relieve the rest of our lives from those defensive modes. So we're not actually experiencing the present, we're constantly reliving the past from a perspective that we acquired when we were helpless and vulnerable children. 
And when she says the gifted child, she means the sensitive child. So the more sensitive the child is, the more he or she feels the pain and stress of the environment, and the more affected they are, and the more that shapes their lives. And that book came along for me when I was in my 40s, and I was a successful doctor, and I was a father, but I was depressed, I was anxious, I was a driven workaholic. You wouldn't have known that when you saw me on the job. But inside me, I was discouraged. I had difficulties in my marriage. Uh, with my children, I felt they were afraid of me, and they were because of my rages. And that book helped me understand. It was the first book to help me understand where all that came from. So that was, for me, as for many other people, a seminal read. And really, my whole work since then has been to help liberate people from that prison that childhood often imposes on so many of us. This book has come up repeatedly in my life as a recommendation, as a yeah. recommended yeah. book from friends who benefited from it, who yeah. are very, certainly from any outward perspective, highly functioning, yeah. in some cases world-class performers in their fields. And uh, I'm, in retrospect, sad that I ignored those recommendations but it was in part because i didn't like the pairing of gifted child i didn't want to label myself gifted mm -hmm. child we could certainly psychoanalyze that but i was like mm, if this is a book written for people who are in say gifted and talented programs or have some god-given talent for whatever reason i had a resistance to that so i didn't read it but the prisoners of childhood makes a lot more sense well, to me anyway well i think it's a more accurate title but there's two things I would say in response. First of all, why do you resist your own giftedness? You're clearly gifted. So why would you not want to find out about that? Don't know. Yeah, so that's, that's something you might want to consider. Sure. Uh, number one. Number two, really what she means is the sensitive child. Yeah, so sensitive, yeah. Uh, I, that would draw me in because I've had, we, we don't have to necessarily go down this rabbit hole right now, but I've had a number of my friends recently ask me, when did you know you were so sensitive? Yeah. And not sensitive in a in a hyper-reactive way, not yeah. in a negative way, just yeah. in a perceptive way. And I'd never yeah. thought of myself, it would never have occurred to me to label myself sensitive. And just in the last year, I've been thinking about that. So the sensitive child would make more sense or would be more appealing to me. Well, you have to think of sensitive in terms of its word origin. Now, the word sensitive comes from the Latin word sensere to feel. Mm -hmm. So the sensitive person feels more. Yeah. So the example I often give is, and, and that can lead to both very positive and very difficult uh, um, consequences. For example, if I tapped you on the shoulder right now, you wouldn't feel any pain at all. But if you were not wearing a shirt and, and your skin was exposed, furthermore, if you had a burn on your shoulder so your nerve endings were close to the surface, if I tapped you with the same force, you'd feel extreme excruciating pain, even though the external event was no different. Right. So sensitivity magnifies the pain that we have. Sensitivity also leads to more creativity. So very often, the most creative people also have the most pain, mm. which is why so many creative people escape from their pain through all kinds of dysfunctions like addictions and so on. So there's a real link between creativity and sensitivity and creativity and, and, and sensitivity and suffering at the same time. That's the first point I would make. Now, the other thing goes back to what you said about these people that you know who are high performers. Look at that word performers. Mm. What does it mean to perform? One meaning of it is to put on a show. Sure, that's one meaning. Mm -hmm. And I would have been one of these people who was a high performer. 
uh, in other words, looked at from the outside, a successful family doctor, director of a palliative care unit at a major hospital, national columnist for Canadian newspaper writing medical columns, performing at a high level, and inside, again, anxious, frustrated, depressed, discouraged, and in my personal life, a lot of suffering. So a lot of people who perform well are actually deeply troubled inside, and of course, there's many famous examples of that. Some of the greatest performers, like Presley or Mel Monroe, and any number of people I could name, that's what they were, they were performers. And even from themselves, they hid their own suffering. Well, we are sitting in a venue right now recording this that is, is now known as LZR. And there is a mural of Prince outside because he performed one of his, as I understand it, last performances in this venue. Really? Before he passed away. And before he overdosed. Before he overdosed. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, we can certainly come back to this, uh, but part of the reason I wanted to, big piece of the reason I wanted to have you on this show was that I spent, I'm in a much better place now for many reasons that may be outside of this interview, but uh, feeling the exact same way you just described. Yeah. Outwardly successful, inwardly tortured. Yeah. How do you answer the question if someone meets you and you just have a short interaction, what do you do? What do I do? If someone asks you, yeah, what do you do? I may be self-serving, but somebody once called me a people whisperer. People whisperer. I, I, I do have a gift for seeing inside because hmm. I've studied. I'm also sensitive and in some ways, and I've also studied myself very deeply. I've had to because my life just wasn't working. And as a medical doctor, I've worked with all manner of conditions, terminal diseases, newborns, families, physical illnesses, mental dysfunctions. I spent 12 years working with addictions. I spent time exploring my own and other people's ADHD. And so I work with people to bring out the truth of their experience so that they're no longer prisoners of their childhood, but mm. that they can make a conscious choice about how to live in the present moment, not based on how they were programmed in childhood. And But for that, you have to do it in a way that the dog whisperer do in a very compassionate way. Otherwise, people just shut down and, and, and they, they shrivel up and they protect themselves. So that's what I do. And I know, I also write and I speak publicly and so on, but the intent is always to bring insight and liberation to people. So I'm going to come back to the medicine because I'd love to know when your journey into medicine began.